Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will be sharing insights into the world of mental health and wellness as we explore traditional medicine and holistic healing options. It's time to have new conversations about mental health. Join Mara James, the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, as she guides us along this journey. And now, let's talk wellness. Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness, where we will share insights for healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. I am your host, Mara James, and the founder and CEO of the Hugs for Life Healing Center. Our goal is to bridge the gap between medical professionals and accredited holistic healers. It's time to change the conversations around mental health, and that is exactly what we're inviting you to do. And today, I'm so excited to share with you a dear friend of mine and one of my healers, Amy Hamilton. Welcome, Amy. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, Mara. I'm thrilled to be here with you on your podcast and basically on your journey to just heal. Um, I am a psychic medium medical intuitive that has been working with people over the past 11 years all around the world. So I'm just thrilled to be able to share and talk to you about ways to heal today. So Amy, I would like to share with our friends um, how we first met. So seven years ago, out of the blue, I experienced a manic episode and was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And once I was heavily medicated and grounded um, and started my healing journey, I was introduced to Amy and I had no idea what to expect. And I'm in California, she's in Texas, and I'm on the phone with her. And she's scanning my body as a medical intuitive. And she says to me, you've been eating too much oatmeal. It's not working for you. And I'm sitting here looking at my phone like, OMG, how did she know that? But it's true. Every day I had some that was making me a large bowl of oatmeal and it was sitting heavy in my stomach. And once I stopped eating it, I felt so much better. And Amy and I both have millions of stories of different things that she can help with. But in today's podcast, that's called Healing Through Our Children's Challenges, I'm going to ask Amy to share a little bit about her personal journey and how she was able to help her and her children. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mara. And you're doing a great job not eating the oatmeal so much anymore, right? (laughs) (laughs) So much better. Um, So a lot of people ask me, how did I end up as a you know, medical intuitive doing this work. Well, um, almost 12 years ago, my oldest son was diagnosed with some significant learning um, disabilities. And um, I had two options, put him in a special ed school or look for alternative options. And I chose to go down an alternative route and my family did, and he started getting better. And he started healing and we went to all kinds of doctors and healers all over the world. And I got to a place where we just didn't, you know, we all get to these junctures in life where we don't know what to turn and we want to give someone answers. So I reached out to a friend and she said, well, there's a psychic in New Hampshire and she gives me great information. And so I called her and she gave me great information about my kids. And it was so impactful and so eye-opening because I didn't know there was someone out there that could do that. So we're going on the healing journey and she had given great direction. And then my son 
got to a plateau, you know, in everyone's healing journey, we get to a certain plateau. And I, um, we tried one last intervention and it was uh, actually, um, and it, I did it with him and I got really, really sick. Um, and I know there's those times every mother has heard, put your oxygen mask on first, right? You hear it over and over and over and it goes like, rah, 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 you know, I'll, I'll just push through. I'll push through. Well, I got to a place with my own health that I couldn't push through. So I had to put his healing aside, his plateau, my want in the entire world to make something change, to put it aside and focus on myself. And so I focused on myself. I went to the same doctors. I went to the same healers. I started feeling better. And three months later, I looked over and my son was better. And I took this, you know, you hear put your oxygen mask on, you hear take care of yourself. But I had the literal visual proof that my son was better because I took care of me. And I see that so many times over and over and over with our, with um, my clients, they'll come and they'll say, how can I fix my child? And a lot of times it's about healing themselves because the child, our children feel our energy, our child, children feel our vibrations. And when we're sick, they don't feel great. Wow. So I love that. And I always talk to people about empathy and explaining to parents what it is. And when you have a child with, you know, if they're on a spectrum with ADHD, they are empathic and they feel the arch energy and they are literally our greatest teachers. So Amy and I have a lot of similarities with um, some of our gifted and challenging children. And um, Amy, can you share, did um did your husband get involved with it? And did things change? Because I know around my house, my husband and I had to change. We had to reduce our anxiety and come down to a level so that our son wasn't bouncing off the walls and that he can be a little more um, grounded. Did you experience some, something similar to that? Absolutely. I mean, when you go and you're faced with any challenge as, with your child as a couple, there's a lot of things you have to work on because we separate, we you know, as mothers, we kind of take charge and we say, we're going to do this thing, fix it, or we kind of crimple in. And for a while, I was on the train by myself. And that was really hard for me. And once I actually hit that same juncture of not feeling well and needing my husband's help, we kind of worked together and became a much stronger team. And that in turn made my son feel much more supported from both sides. It wasn't like one person was working and the other was just sitting there. Both of us were working to make our family just a better, better unit. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I definitely know for a lot of parents or women usually that I speak to, they have a lot of issues with their spouses. They might not be on the same page. And I know personally, that was really hard for me. And that's why when you said, Amy, about putting the oxygen mask on first, it's so important. Um, I feel as moms that we need to do it for ourselves so that we could help ourselves, help our relationship with our child or children and with our spouse. Um, and always, a lot of times our children will do things unconsciously to push our buttons. And that's where we get to check, get, you know, kind of keep in check with our ego. Because I know for me, my husband and I took an amazing class and it literally changed our lives. And for my husband, he realized that our son wanted to do well. 
um, if he could, but sometimes there were limiting factors. So instead of my husband being like, oh, he should do this and that, he started having a little more sympathy and compassion towards our son. And it was profound because I believe that if we didn't change our son, who is doing so well today, is about to graduate an amazing college and go off for his master's in math, I don't even, I don't even know where he would be right now. Um, another story I'd love to share with you, Amy, uh, well, share about you, is that there's so many times I would call you up and be like, Amy, help, what's going on? Because my, you know, my children during any, when they had issues, they never wanted to work with a therapist. So, and I couldn't ask them what was going on because they didn't even know. But when I called Amy and she was able to tune into them with this magical gift that she has, it's amazing. It's profound because she actually gave me insight what's going on in them and then how I can adjust. And it was just um, recently, my son, again, at 22 years old, every, you know, he's not in loving mom mode right now. Um, but every Tuesday he wanted to go with me to get pokey, but he didn't want to talk in the car. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, Amy, what is going on? He wants to spend time with me, but he doesn't want to talk. And she said that he loves being in your energy. He just doesn't want to talk. And knowing that was so profound because I wasn't feeling hurt. And I would drive along thinking to myself, oh, he's enjoying my energy. This is great. Um, yeah. And Amy, I know you have so many stories. I don't know if you have one or two um, that you could not boast about yourself, but kind of um, share about how you have helped clients that have just, it's been transformational because I know when um, you help people that they come back to you and they're just like, oh my gosh, wow, that was profound. Ab absolutely. Some of the most, some of the, just the most wonderful um, sessions that I have with parents and their kids are when the child is nonverbal and unable to communicate. Because in many cases, um, I'm able to understand what's going on in their bodies, understand um, how they're feeling. Um, for example, actually just this week, I was working with a mother who has a child who is nonverbal and they're in a, um, a class he's just started writing. And he actually said to me, he, he, I actually very strongly said he didn't like his pens. Like he wanted a whole selection and be able to go to the store and search for pens. And it's very interesting because the mom that I'm working with is actually able to communicate with him a little bit. And she's, um, just non-verbally. And she said, that makes perfect sense. He loves shopping. He loves going to the store. And so being able to give that child a voice in something that he's working so hard at being able to communicate and being able to write um, in the matter that he wanted to. And actually he was describing what chair he wanted to use because it was a little bit different. was just really amazing because that's, it was a gift for me to be able to be a part of it, but it was a huge gift for that parent and for the child to be able to get his needs through are really, really um it was just really wonderful, really wonderful. So, and do you recall approximately the age of this child? Um, he is 12. Wow. So you said something which just rolled out of your mouth, but I'm like, whoa, you said, he said to me, but you also said that he's nonverbal. So if you can clarify for our friends, that might not be um, <laughs> knowledgeable about the gifts that a medical intuitive has and how you can do it on the phone, on Zoom, across the country, across the world. So if you could uh, share a little bit about that, please. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, my own like 
things just appear because they've always been that way, pretty normal to me when I realize they're not always normal. Um, so the way that I get my information is the guides that are with people, they're able to communicate with me. So sometimes when I'm talking to someone like you, Mara, who is on the right path, but needed a little nudge to eat the right thing, your guides are sharing with me, they're saying this would help her. And that information appears in my head just as knowledge. And, you know, like you hear that saying, I see it in my mind's eye, it drops in as information. I liken it to hearing it because that's the only way that I can describe the only way I've been able to figure it out. So for things like that, when, when it's your guides giving me information, that's, I hear them talking to me, but it's really, I just hear the information in my head. Um, for children who are nonverbal, this child in particular is very skilled at, you know, let's, you know, is actually very skilled at communicating this telepathic way. He has verbal skills, but they're not like the ones that we normally know. And his mom actually has told me that he communicates that way as well um, with her sometimes. And this happens actually with, to me, with people who are in comas and people who are in late stage Alzheimer's. They actually can, I can have a conversation with them um, and they're sharing their needs and their wants. You know, it's very different working with a nonverbal autistic child as it is with someone who has late stage Alzheimer's, but the messages are still amazing and profound. And I feel like I'm so just blessed to be able to help people get those messages. Right, so let me go back into another word that you said, which I understand, but I'm not sure everybody out there does. Um, you said guides. So okay. I'm looking around and I don't see any guides here. Can you um, try to talk about that in layman terms? Absolutely. So we, this is my belief, is that we all have people who've passed over. We may know them, or they may be these, you know, very important figures in historical realms that when they pass over, they help us in life. And that could be, I know my grandmother's here with me. She was an amazing businesswoman. And when I need a little push in that direction, I can feel her step forward and give me information in that area. And we all have different guides who are here with us, able to support us, but they're only able to do what we ask them to do. So it's really important with the people that are there with you, you can ask them. So do a little fun exercise when you're driving into a crowded parking lot, ask for the good spot, right? It doesn't have to be a huge thing. You sort of build that, um, build that connection with easy things. I need the good spot. Uh, hold off for the rain for another hour. Um, show me a little sign. You may get something like a bird or a penny or an animal that shows up when you're talking to those things. But we all have people I believe that are with you to help you make the best version of yourself while you're here on earth. Wow, thank you. So I um, have several clients that I refer to you and you know I don't get into the religious conversation because I always feel that religion has part of the truth and spirituality is the truth. But um, a lot of times people are very skeptical. So I actually know how much you could help them that I offered to pay. And um, 
It's really profound. But does a person's belief system have any effect on the knowledge that you can get to help them, their family, or their child? Not really. What the questions they ask might. So I love working with people who are skeptics, but open. I'm a skeptic, but open. I get, I'll do a session. I'll get off and I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe that happened. You know, like, oh my goodness. Um, So it's always a gift for me. What is challenging is when I get people who are trying to test it, you know, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to lie and see if she can catch it. Those are really, really, really hard because the information when I get it doesn't come in like these full sentences. It's not like laid out in this magical way. It comes in in analogies. It comes in in descriptions. It comes in in bits and pieces. And I've learned over the past 11 years how to kind of put it together. For example, when I'm working with a parent and they're asking a question about their child, what's going on? I can feel, if I feel movement in my eyes, I'm pretty much guaranteed at this point that that child or that person has dyslexia. That's my own tell. But if they're trying to fake it, it's just hard. It's not the direct, like it would be, it's not like I'm picking up a phone and talking to you. You know, it's like I'm picking up a fuzzy phone that, that that goes all the time. And I'm trying to make sure that it's a clear message. So um, people's belief systems, usually irrelevant, but if you're trying to test, not so easy. Right. And what I love about you, you just have such a beautiful heart and you're here to help. You know, if people, you're not here to argue, um, you're just here to really help. Um, That is profound. I just spoke to a client the other day and she says, oh, I had a call with Amy and she told me something months ago and now it, it clicked in, it happened. So it was really profound. So do you have that? Is there a lot of things like sometimes I know there's ways to help them from where you are, but, and also just kind of talking about things like in the future, Absolutely. You know, when I first started doing this and I would get, I'm like, I'm pretty certain this is what's going on. And they'd say, no, no. And at the beginning I was like, oh, I must've misunderstood. I must've not gotten it. But I've learned over time that if I get those direct pieces of information, it will come true. There is something about it. You know, we all have free choice, free will, and we can all, we all hear our own intuition. And then sometimes we don't do it. And it, bites us in the rear, but you know, there's always things that we can do, but usually when someone calls me and it doesn't resonate at that moment, just like your friend, it usually resonates sometime in the future or becomes very clear. How amazing. That is wonderful. So we are going to take a very quick break for a breather and we will be right back. Looking forward to seeing you shortly. In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. Through prevention, early intervention, and holistic treatment, we believe many of the big problems facing today's youth can be transformed within a generation. 
Extraordinary Lives Foundation is excited to offer the Hugs for Life Healing Center, growing a worldwide network of approved holistic healers and bridging the gap between traditional and complementary healing options. Visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast. And if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness with my friend and dear healer, Amy Hamilton. So, so Amy, glad to be back with everyone. We're so glad to have you. So a question I have for you is how, if you could help our audience um, answer this, how do you identify if your child has gifts? Well, fundamentally, I believe all people including children, because they're people, have <laughs> some sort of gifts. You know, some of us, we all have that gut that tells us, oh, I should go down that street, or oh, I should slow down, or I need to pick this up at the store. You know, we all have different gut, and there's just a continuum of that. I feel the same for children. When our kids are, especially when they're little, a lot of them will have imaginary friends that they absolutely will see. Some of them go to the extreme of actually talking about them. They will share what they look like. And sometimes that might look like one of your deceased family members. That usually scares parents a lot, but actually it's very natural. It's just part of that continuum. And at some point, children get told enough, that's not real. You shouldn't see it. That's too scary. And they stop and they shut it down. That's actually what happened to me at about 14. Boop, wall went down. Still crazy things happened to me, but my um, wall got put down and then reopened about 12 years ago. So how can we tell? You will, there's a whole, as I said, there's a whole continuum. Sometimes your little ones will be telling you, um, I see this and just make it not so scary. Sometimes they'll ha start having night terror and um, be seeing things at night. And sometimes it's nice to say, okay, let's work on that, you know, and address what's going on. When our kids get uh, school aged and especially kids who have special needs on the whole continuum, when there is some major impacts that can happen. You know, there's a continuum from a nonverbal child to a child who has mild ADHD. But many of those children are sensitive souls. And you'll know because they're, they are the ones that like need heavy work or you might have them in occupational therapy or all kinds of different things because they're just so sensitive. That can translate to um, what some people call an empath. And an empath, short, the short way of describing it is you feel everyone's everything. Basically, instead of noticing someone might be having a bad day, you feel that bad day in your heart. Mm -hmm. And our children, again, especially those with special needs get really impacted by this. A great example that I use a lot of times 
is a child who will look like they have a lot of test anxiety. But if you bring that kid and put him in a resource room by himself taking the test, no test anxiety because he's not surrounded or she's not surrounded by 10 to 20 kids who are scared. They're not going to, it even brings, do the right math problem. I'm not the greatest at math. So <laughs> that, um, but so if you know that about your child, then that resource room by yourself might be a fabulous, fabulous way to help them protect their own energy. You might notice or ask questions if they come home feeling really bad and it has nothing to do with them. Sometimes that could be a friend that's not doing well. That could be them really taking down and they can articulate it because they're not having the conversation. But those are the things that our children who are again, some of our greatest teachers, but they just feel, it's like, you know, we always have our skin on our outside, but they like every skin receptor, every sensitive thing is out there. And it makes it hard to the extreme to function in big class, you know, big classes, but there's ways that we can teach them to address, to keep their own energy in. And that when we can get our kids the right accommodations, whether teaching them how to meditate, teaching them how to put a bubble around themselves, teaching a lot of different techniques that can really help them be really functional in a way that makes them feel very in control of what their surroundings are. I love that you're bringing this up. And I, because, you know, again, having a couple, two of my three children having their challenges. And of course, I always say the greater the gift, the greater the challenge. And putting that bubble over them, I feel, I find to be profound. Um, for me, it was just a couple of years ago and I started getting in, you know, after my manic episode and I started healing and I found out all about energy, I realized, wow, whenever I go to the mall, I would feel very ADD or ADHD and I didn't have, I was never diagnosed with it. So then I learned about, you know, how, you know, imagine a white bubble coming down from the sky to my feet and then the gold bubble from my feet to my head. Um, and I was told that this lasts for 12 hours. And now when I do that and I go to the mall, I, I could breathe easier. And, um, um, I love that you brought that up, Amy. And I think this is something that might sound kind of out there, but it's so real and it's so true. So thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. It's, I don't, I've taught my kids when they're at the bus stop or when they're headed to school, their costume goes on, their bubble goes on, their energy stays within them because they can notice and be present, but they can be the best version of themselves. Um, because it's just the world, I mean, especially in these times, the world is just a lot. And if we can help them protect themselves, but still be present and be enjoying of all the other people, it's just, just incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, what about for parents of younger children, mm -hmm. um, instead of the child doing it themselves, can the parent kind of quote unquote, put their protective bubble over their child? Can you please share about that? Absolutely. So I'll explain the technique really quick, because it's real easy to explain. There's a couple of different ways. And the way that I do it, kids as young as three and four, depending on their awareness can do, can actually do this. And then younger, you can put this around. So there's two schools of thought. The easiest way to do to explain to kids, if you guys want to imagine the Wizard of Oz, good witch Glenda, she comes down in this beautiful bubble of light, right? Imagine, show, you can show them even that video. 
imagine they're putting that bubble of, of light right around them. What I say is cover the bubble. And then I, then I tell the children to pick their color for the day. And as they're going, it gives them control over the color and it keeps the energy out. And however you believe, if you believe God or higher power, you can ask them to come in and do that. Or you can just put the bubble around. When your kids are younger or not cognitively available to do that, you can put that bubble around them. But so if you're listening to this, here's the challenge. I want you to try that bubble right now. Put it on pause, try to put the bubble, and then notice how you feel because I think it's going to be a lot different. So you're saying put the bubble around us first before we do it to our child. Yes, put the bubble around you, put the bubble around your kid if they can't, and then teach them to put the bubble around themselves because my children, I taught from a very early age. And now when I'm like, put your costume on, put the bubble on, they're like, oh, I got it. Oh, I feel better. Wow, that is amazing. And you know, your children are really lucky that they had you as their mom, um, I guess, fortunately or unfortunately for my children. Um, I didn't know anything. I've always listened to like Western medicine when it came to like, you know, behavioral challenges. And until I had my own, I started my own healing and awakening, I was able to help them. But of course, at that age, my middle child with his uh, Asperger's and ADHD was already 16. So if I ever spoke to him about a bubble, he'd continue to call me crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, my daughter was younger and actually with some of her challenges, she didn't want to medicate. So she started meeting with some healers and she's had several sessions with you, Amy, and it's been profound. Um, and what I love is even though my skeptic child, I did have, he had a telephone call with you, if you recall a few years yeah. ago when he was wrestling and it's profound, like you were just talking to him, like you knew things and he didn't even question he just went with it and I was just kind of in the corner like so grateful and giggling and it's so profound so that's why also Amy have you um, been working also with teenagers directly because I think that could be so impactful and I know that I've referred like between 15 and 26 year olds to you because um, they just felt really lost and you were able to really get them and understand them and meet them where they're at and you know a parent unfortunately sometimes or many times and teachers are like you need to do this you need to do this you know that you should do this you should do that whereas you are saying meeting them where they're at and telling them what they get to do that's best for them not what the parents or society wants for them yes absolutely so a couple of things one i don't know if my all of us you know our kids our kids are our kids so i don't know if our my kids would think oh that's the greatest thing that my mom's like this i think i'm a little weird sometimes but <laughs> um but it's also our kids just like anyone else we sometimes they don't want to hear it from us so um yes i do see lots of those teens lots especially kids in college Oh my gosh, there is so such a trend right now of our kids not failing and they get to college and those are the first times they get these major hurdles in life and sometimes it just takes them down. And so many times um, I'll work with a parent and then they'll send me to their child because they're stuck in a place and it's very helpful. Um, I feel kids who are open to listening and making change, they can make changes so quickly and change an entire trajectory. And those are some of my favorite things to do because I'm like, wow, 
they just, they take it, they know what they're doing and they go. And, um, and that's just so amazing when I see them years later, like doing their thing and being happy. And I remember that moment when they were either on the phone with me or on Zoom or at my home office here um, in Texas and just really in a place of struggle. And so it's just really beautiful when you can see, um, you know, kids like yours who are just doing amazing and in such great places. Who would have ever thought I still like, <laughs> I'm so grateful. Um, so I'm going to bring up the C word since we're still in COVID, COVID land. Um, have you, how have you seen that um, have an effect on the work that you're doing, the clients that you're working with? I know one of the silver linings of COVID is that all you and all the amazing hugs healers are virtual. So it's beautiful to be able to either have a Zoom with them, a FaceTime, or just a telephone call because we're not limited. I mean, so if you could uh, share that yeah. with us. So it, it's a great question. Thank you so much for asking that. Um, so these COVID times, these times of coming in and, and just slowing down, but not wanting to slow down, um, have been really challenging, but really profound. And here's what I've seen across People, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to someone in Israel or New Zealand or Jamaica or here down the street in Texas. We are all during COVID being presented with our greatest challenge in life, our greatest one, the one that if we push through, if we push through that challenge, we're going to be the person we're supposed to be here on earth. And I am seeing this so across the board that I am like, it happens almost in every other session that this, something like this comes up. Here's the challenge. That thing, whatever yours is, is really hard to stomach. Oh my God. It's, and it doesn't just happen in one area of your life. It's like, you get that message at your work. You get the message at home. Your kids are saying it. You go out and your friend group has changed and you go and your cars even got this lesson for you. You know, everything is surrounding. So it, not only is painful in one area of your life, but it's being amplified. And I find that I've got three major groups. We've got one group, and a lot of them are the people who I attract or who I see who want to work. They're like, oh, this is so painful, but I'm going to put in the time because I know I can break through. I know that my, my lesson is to get through that failure to use my own voice and to speak my truth. And I'm going to learn it. I'm finally going to say it. And I'm finally not going to do, you know, not go back to my old, old habits. That's one group. And I feel like right now, I mean, people will be listening to this at all times, but I feel like we're emerging. Like, and when we're emerging, we're coming out of the cocoon. We're out of the metamorphosis. We're going to be that beautiful, beautiful image of the person who you were meant to be. I mean, and it's really beautiful, unbelievably painful, right? <laughs> the flip side of that, like the opposite, is um, is the people who looked at those things and said, I'm mad. You're, my work is after me. My home's after me. My husband's after me. My children are after me. My car's after me. My shoes are after me. And I'm going to get mad. 
And that's why I see so much anger in this world because they're projecting, they're being shown with these things and, and it's just too much. They can't work on it. And so they just get angry. And I'm see that's why I feel like there's so much anger right now because there's so many lessons and lessons are unbelievably painful to work through unbelievably. And so those are the two ends of the spectrum. The ones in between, I feel like they're on the road to this healing on the path, but they're kind of like in the middle. And I love, like, I love basting in when someone has pushed through, but like being able to give someone that like push, Mary, you're great at this. People come to you in this middle ground all the time because you have all the amazing patience and just vision for healing people. And you're able to push them into a direction of whether opening up in their lives or finally doing the work to heal themselves. And I feel like that is, so that's what I've really seen these lessons and this opportunity within COVID times. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, definitely. Uh, very challenging and lots of growth that could be occurring. Um Okay. Are there any other stories that you'd like to share with us? Maybe something that I, I haven't even asked about yet. Um, I, so one thing that I would like to leave people with is just a little thought, because if you're into this, you know, into opening and healing yourself, you hear, you should meditate, right? You talk to, you hear it all over. I want to explain why, because I feel like it's so important. When we meditate, and be, believe me, I struggle with this. I I was meditating this morning and I was like, oh, there goes my shopping list. You know, we all do that. That's supernatural to be able to do that. But what it allows us is to come back to ourselves, that version of who we're being the center of the calm, bringing you to source and bringing you to center because these days are hard. And it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of COVID or we're learning our own thing, or especially if you have special needs children, there's a lot going on. And so being able to find your center, being able to find your quiet gives you an opportunity to get in touch with your gifts, be able to hear your guides because our ego is so much stronger than our than our than our divine guidance, and that is really where I would encourage you to um, try meditating. But that's why it's not so you just sit there for twenty minutes in quiet and listen, you know, like this. You know, it's really about getting your center and feeling better about how you work. That is beautiful. You know, there's a saying that when we pray, we speak to God. When we meditate, we hear from God. And I know when I slow down and if I'm just meditating or doing slow yoga, stretching, these ideas just pop in my head like, oh my gosh. And it's like, okay, just hold on. Let's finish up. We could uh, go write those down later. Um, I'd like to ask one more question. You mentioned a few times um, during our conversation about the word gut. And I never knew what it meant to have like a gut instinct and how that's like literally a, di a divine guidance. Can you just talk a little more about that? Um, so you'll see, you'll hear from people, oh, I just felt that was right, right? And, I, and a lot of times we feel that in our tummy, in our gut area. And, you know, it's just used as a name, as a gut feeling, right? And that is that divine guidance. That's the thing that I work for and sort of expand. 
but we, the more that we can listen and hear that gut, more than we can hear that guidance, the closer we can be to who we're supposed to be here and the messages that we're really supposed to be following. I love that. Amy, it has been such a pleasure speaking with you today. And how, if our friends out there would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Oh, I would love that. Um, my website is amyhamiltonhelps with an S.com. I am on Instagram at amyhamiltonhelps. And I would love to reach out um, and just help all of your listeners. Mara, thank you so much for the work that you do in the world. Thank you so much for having me on here today. It's just been such a blessing. Thank you. Oh, the, it was my honor and it was such a privilege for us. And I just want to tell everybody out there, any question you have, Amy can answer. It doesn't matter who it's regarding, what it's regarding. Amy is 100% confidential. And um, thank you so much for sharing your gifts with me and with the world and keep doing what you do best. Aw, thank you. And don't forget everybody, you are amazing. Just like Piggy Bear says. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.